Is that jingle bells I hear? Might be. Next question. If there's 12 days of Christmas, why don't we get presents on each one of them? I don't know. My name is Phil and this is The Live. Hello again, everyone. It's Phil. You're listening to The Live one more time. Only this time, it's the season to be jolly. It's Christmas Day, ladies and gentlemen. Christmas Day. Gotta love it. Always been a fun time of year for me throughout my life, and I still continue to enjoy it to this day. Only thing is, I have this huge stocking, and it never ever gets filled all the way up to the top with stuff. I don't know why. Maybe I just have the wrong friends. Who knows? But anyway, hopefully you're enjoying your Christmas morning, and at this point in time, Christmas afternoon. It's a fun time of year to enjoy just the festivities of the day and also the reason for the season. At this particular episode, I'm going to go into a little bit of that reason for the season, you know, happy birthday to Jesus. But at the same time, I'm going to go a little bit of loose, a little bit of light, and talk about some things that are, in some ways, highly controversial about Christmas. And I think that the most controversial thing about Christmas is... What Christmas movies actually exist, and what are some of them that people think aren't Christmas movies, but truthfully, in all essence, really are Christmas movies. I could almost go on for three, four, five, even six hours just talking about movies that I'm convinced are 100% are Christmas movies by my personal definition, and other people are completely convinced that by their definition that these very same films are 100% not Christmas movies at all. I can say that it's certainly up to interpretation, but if you look at the movie itself and the general theme of it, in my opinion, the movie, some of the movies that I'm going to bring up are absolutely Christmas movies found a few things that are really interesting about Christmas in general. I thought I might bring those up. And some people who, in my life, were very instrumental and make me really think of this time of year. I'm going to talk about a few of them as well. As this time of the year goes by, some people feel a little down because they're missing people from time to time. I think that it should be the opposite. Yeah, I know. I've lost a few loved ones here and there, and it makes you think a little bit about the experiences you had with them, and I think that's exactly why it should be even more special, because you can remember those times that you spent with those people and how much joy that those times brought to you. Certain things that those people would do during this time of year that you no longer get to experience, physically anymore, but you can always remember it. And I always believe that something that I heard from a um, a show, unfortunately, memory serves me very poorly on the subject of what show it was, but it had a very interesting line about ancient civilizations and people. And I think it could be used for people that we've lost in general. And that line is, People can technically live forever as long as you continue to say their name. So they'll never be forgotten.
at least by you and ultimately you're the one who remembers them so it helps you a little more keeps their memory alive for you and people who are around you I think that Christmas is one of those times a year that we should enjoy we should embrace like I said earlier it's strange how that song says 12 days of Christmas which just so happens to be one of my favorite Christmas songs but yet we literally only get presents on the one day that was always confusing to me as a kid and that's probably why the song is so much one of my favorites because the idea of oh 12 days of Christmas hmm, we could do something with that but it is what it is December 25th that's the day that we have allotted for the holiday of Christmas and I'm okay with it and I'm thinking that most people out there are as well although there are some people in our fun society who do have to work today so I hope that they enjoy the time that they get to spend after work and before work with their families but now it's time for the main event ding 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 this time we're ringing the jingle bells for this main event we're talking about all things Christmas today here on the lit I believe that Christmas is a fun topic to talk about so I think we'll start at the beginning with something a little bit more serious and then move down to a little bit more frivolously or fodden, either way. Um, let's start with the reason for the season, ultimately. Jesus. The birthday of Jesus. Well, technically it's not. <laughs> Who knows? We really don't know have no clue. We don't know the exact date that Jesus was born. Certainly it wasn't December 25th. Or at least we could assume that it wasn't December 25th. Our calendar has changed so many times throughout history that it's nearly impossible to actually determine what day he was born. Plus there isn't really any record of the date itself. Usually they didn't keep as good of birth records inside of mangers so it's kind of hard to see the birth certificate being yeah, quite that accurate and when the magi or wise men went to go visit him probably he had been born three months or so maybe even six months or so prior to their arrival considering that they were traveling by camel or horse or even foot in order to get to where he was all the way from the east into the Jerusalem area, which was a long way. Um, even just as interesting as that, you got to consider the fact that the calendar itself has some very interesting days in it and months in it that are very fascinating. Like our last four months of the year, September, October, November, December. If you really think about the root of each one of those months, knowing mathematically that the term sep is usually used for seven, ok, you can pretty much familiarize yourself with eight, non, or is another thing that you also can find that could represent the number nine, and dec, say December, dec, or decade, which would be considered ten. So quite literally right there, the last four months of the year don't line up necessarily with the, um, 
position of our calendar that we actually have, considering that those months would be 7, 8, 9, and 10, whereas in our actual calendar, they actually fall to being month number 9, 10, 11, and 12. So calendar-wise, it makes pinpointing it a lot more challenging if you were really going to go there. But Reverend Bell, Reverend Richard I. Bell, pastor at one time for Mount Zion Baptist Church, one of the best men I've ever known. Unfortunately, he's passed away in 2013. But he said one of the most interesting things I ever heard regarding Jesus' birthday, and I, you gotta love this, and admittedly, I agree wholeheartedly, because if I was in that similar situation, I think that it would make sense to me as well. What Pastor Bell had said was, if nobody knew when your birthday was, would you be upset if somebody picked a day? Not me. I mean, heck, my birthday is May 5th. If I bumped my head got taken to another state, didn't know anybody around, and somebody asked me what my birthday was, but they were cool enough to say, hey, um, what do you think about February 4th? I'd be like, all right, it's cool. You've given me some respect and given me an opportunity to celebrate my birth. I'm not going to be upset about that. And I don't believe that Jesus is upset about the fact that we actually acknowledge that he was born on that particular day. Yeah, some people can say that it coincides with a pagan ceremony but it's like a lot of things people like to go and see certain calendar days and say you want to bring that back you want to take it back so essentially yes that day was a pagan day so Christianity has chosen to take that day back again I think that's a good idea too take it back give it to the man who is probably far more deserving of it. Since we're talking about the early days of Christianity and the birth of Jesus himself, I think I might go as far as to talk about the X. When people look at Christmas and it's spelled X-M-A-S, some people had the whole campaign a while back saying, put the Christ back in Christmas. But you got to understand, the early church was being hunted relentlessly by the Romans at one point. They're not going to necessarily try to make it that much easier for the Romans to come get them. They needed those Romans to have to really work at it. And so they used that X as a symbol to identify other Christians so that they would know each other. And the Romans may not have been able to pick up on it for a while, which they didn't. They also used that same symbol to mark some of their churches so that they would know where they were going to assemble back in the early days of the church. Also, a good thing, secret codes helped create a situation where Christianity was able to thrive to the point where it is to this day. So, you don't necessarily have to worry about the Christ being taken out of Christmas because that X was a representative of the Christians. So ultimately, it never left. I think that's really cool. Thank you to my crack staff of um, researchers, Google and Alexa, who were able to help me find all the information 
about some of that stuff. And for sure, I think it's definitely worth a Google. And it's also worth the time to have a look at some of that stuff. Learning a little bit of history of the early church. It's really interesting. It really is. I don't have the full time to go into the entirety of the situation as far as it goes. But it's extremely fascinating. It really is. I strongly recommend that everybody take a little bit of time and maybe do a little research about it. It's, it's kind of neat. It really is. I'm going to continue onward a little bit and talk about some family members. Because a very interesting group of my family members, three in particular, have some definite Christmas connotations to me. And I think about them every year Christmas comes around. It's really fascinating to me. The first one of these people, I never actually ever met. He never actually had a chance to really get out of first gear. Um, he was born on Christmas Day, 1959. Yeah, 1959, Christmas Day. He was my uncle Elijah. Now, he had an extraordinarily short life. He only lived a few months before he passed as a baby. Um, but it's really interesting that he was born on Christmas Day. And some people considered him a little bit of an angel. Almost too good for us in general. I was told that. And his passing was certainly something that my grandmother was able to endure and move through because he would have been the first of her of two children that she had lost in her lifetime but it's really interesting that he was actually born on Christmas Day and that's something that I find really 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 cool but unfortunately his life was very very short and it was sad I imagine for those who got to see him at that young age and then that he passed at that young age but as it says in the Bible there is in fact a time to be born and a time to die his two dates just so happened to have been closer than some other people's but he lived the life that he was given now to two other people who are no longer with us, my aunt, aunt who passed 21 years ago in October, and her husband who would have been who would have passed 20 years ago this September, two people who always resonated with me when Christmas came around. Um, neither one of them had any children, but what they did and what they represented as far as being members of the church for as long as they were and pretty much just doting out on all of the kids who were there, not just me, who were at essentially the grandchild level, but my mother who was at the aunt, who who's the niece, direct niece level. They took care of them all really well during Christmas time. And between Anne and Uncle Bill, there's two things that always stood out to me that I'll always remember till the day I die. The first one is that and would always sing Oh Holy Night every Christmas 
and it was like clockwork. It would always come out, and it would always be there, and in the service, and it would always be a very popular song that everybody enjoyed listening to. And I tell you, she pulled it off very, very well. Certainly something that, if you could hear one more time, that would be really interesting to hear Anne sing that song one more time. And then her husband, my grandmother's brother, Uncle Bill, the deacon for 39 years at Mount Zion Baptist Church. He did something that was quite amazing because he had just a really good memory and he could memorize things very amazing to me. Now, I like to be able to memorize short burst facts here and there and I've become fairly decent at it, but with him, he could memorize great quantities of information at one time, things that I wouldn't even consider even trying to memorize. And every year during Christmas, he would recite the night before Christmas every year. And my thought process is, wow, how in the world could he actually remember every single word without fail and pull it off as smoothly as he did? It was amazing. It really was. And I thought that that was another thing that was always in my mind that I'll always remember about Uncle Bill. And and Night Before Christmas and Oh Holy Night. Certainly two things that I miss a great deal. Those are some people that always make me think about Christmas very much so. And I find that every year, this time of year, especially for the last 20 years, I would go back and I would think about them very fondly and always enjoy the time I spent with Ann Uncle Bill. Now, to go towards the more controversial. Everybody knows that there are certain movies that everybody recognizes clearly as Christmas movies. Some of them are so obvious when you think of a movie like Miracle on 34th Street, um, A Christmas Story, something ridiculous like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, things that clearly have Christmas in them, or obvious references to either Santa Claus or Jesus clearly would be considered Christmas movies this time of year. And they're always prevalent in this time of year. You'll see stuff like Frosty the Snowman, the claymation version, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the claymation version. Um, those movies seem to have become iconic in their day. And everybody knows that those are Christmas movies. And... Two of my favorite personal Christmas movies are A Year Without a Santa Claus. Absolutely one of my favorite movies. Even as we speak, I'm sitting here on my couch in my office, and I have my two favorite characters from that movie in uh, doll form sitting right next to me right now. They're always sitting next to me on my couch, and they are the Heat Miser and the Snow Miser. Um pretty typically I like to have those guys around and I let them stay and 
around as often and as frequently as I can. And I like to highlight one of them on Christmas Day, depending on what kind of day it is. Now, let's say the temperature is relatively cold and it's snowing. I absolutely feature the snow miser. And if it's some bizarre, outrageous nightmare, considering that we are in the East Coast, and the temperature is really, really warm, well then, it then becomes all about the heat miser. And I always find it fascinating to see which one of them wins each year. I find it to be a unique question, and I look forward to it every year. Who wins? Is it the heat miser? Is it the snow miser? Who's got the better temperature? I can honestly say that the average person would certainly like to see the temperature be the stereotypical Hallmark card where you see the snow-covered ground and the fireplace going on. and You know, everybody thinks that that is what Christmas would look like. But in my years now, I can certainly say that I could do without the snow, 100%. <laughs> you give me that nice freak weather of like 60 degrees and no snow at all i'm okay with that i am 100 percent okay with it you won't see me or hear me complain about it at all and quite literally i might actually be almost really happy so in other words yeah i am kind of rooting for the uh the heat miser every year but we're, I'm up here on the East Coast. You can never tell. You can never tell. Um, another interesting movie is, of course, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Gotta love The Grinch. That green guy is a mean one. Won't even People won't even want to be bothered with him. They'd rather hang out with a seasick crocodile. But you see, at the end of the day, The Grinch wasn't so bad because his heart grew three sizes at the end of the movie and instead of being a sort of nasty guy he turned out to be a pretty cool guy everybody fell in love with him at the end of the day i think that's pretty neat about the grinch same thing with good old ebenezer scrooge the tightwad who doesn't like anyone all he wants to do is work 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 because he's got nothing else to look forward to, which is kind of sad, because even in my day job, I don't necessarily think I want to be there every day. I try my best not to do overtime, because, yes, money is important, and it's something that we need in order to sustain ourselves through our lives, but it really shouldn't be the most important thing. And I try my very best to make sure to only be there when I'm supposed to be there, when I need to be there, when I have to be there. Say a day off, you're not going to see me at my day job at all. That's just not what I like to do. Because I think that there are far more important things in life than doing that. Like, say, doing this podcast. <laughs> I think that's a whole lot better and a lot more fun. Of course, Mr. Scrooge, he enjoys counting his coins until, of course... He had that encounter at night, and I'm not going to go into too much detail about it because most people know it. And it was a fun thing that he was able to turn himself around and turn out to be a much better person for it, even though it was in his later years. 
he proved, in my opinion, that it's never really too late to change. You just gotta want to. And I think that's a pretty cool theme. Now, it's time for the controversial things. I've already mentioned movies that people pretty much already assume and are clear to be Christmas movies. Now, I have probably three movies that are not necessarily considered Christmas movies by everyone. And those three movies are absolutely Christmas movies when you think about it. Now let's ask ourselves this question. What kind of things would justify a movie being a Christmas movie? Well, the obvious, like I had said earlier, is if it was a movie portraying the birth of Jesus, that would be a Christmas movie. Another movie that would, another scenario that would create or justify a movie being Christmas is the events of the movie leading up to Christmas. And then I believe that this other definition that I've got also very clearly makes a movie on the down low a Christmas movie. And that is if the events of the movie don't necessarily revolve around Christmas, but they happen during the Christmas season, you could justify that that movie is a Christmas movie. And I have some examples of all three. I've already gone into the movies, examples of movies that happen, and everything culminates and boils down to a head on Christmas Day. And that's the payoff of the movie. Now, we talking about a Christmas story. You don't want to get your eyes shot out, you know. The Grinch who stole Christmas. He stole all that stuff on Christmas Day. But now, here's one that's a Christmas movie that nobody really thinks about because of the outside outlying theme. Drum roll, please. If I had drums, you would hear it right now. But I don't. Gremlins. The original Gremlins movie is a Christmas movie. Prove me wrong. Tell me it's not. When did that boy get that mogwai? That was a Christmas present. A hundred percent a Christmas present. That first gremlin that he got, the mogwai. Um, he was a Christmas present. One hundred percent a Christmas present. His dad gave him to him for Christmas. And he told him the rules that were given to him to make sure that his little gremlin wouldn't uh, make some horrible creatures, which unfortunately he didn't listen. He seemed to have done all the things wrong. He fed him after dark, and he got him wet, and now you have Stripe and all the other nasty gremlins. But without a doubt, Gremlins has to be a Christmas movie, because the initial... Gremlin was given to the boy on Christmas Day. It was his Christmas present. So, how can you not have the whole movie technically be a Christmas movie because the origin of the movie is because of Christmas Day. It's a Christmas present which created the problem. So, Gremlin's a Christmas movie. Another one of high controversy, especially in amongst my circles, is Die Hard and Die Hard 2. Both. Die Hard and Die Harder are Christmas movies. Why? 
the Nakatomi Plaza, yeah, the terrorists, yeah, Hans Gruber, mm -hmm. yep, the guys hijacking the plane, yeah, but now ask yourself this question, Hans Gruber went to the Nakatomi Plaza to rob it and steal the money, um, the plane heist, keeping all those planes in the air, holding them hostage, was simply so that that militant group could get away and take a plane and go where they wanted to go. Just so happens that both of those events, John McClane was going to see his family during Christmas, and he had to go to his ex-wife's job, which happened to be Nakatomi Plaza. So he went to his ex-wife's job in the original Die Hard because he was on his way to seeing his kids for Christmas. Yeah. Christmas. Certainly we never get to see the Christmas holiday festivities with John McClane, but that's the whole reason why he went to California to begin with. It was because of Christmas. Now, Die Harder, which is probably my favorite of the Die Hard movies, where he's got to deal with the plane situation. Now, he is going to his in-law's house for Christmas. <laughs> uh -huh. He was going to his in-law's house for Christmas. And that was the whole purpose. Originally, he was just trying to get to his in-law's house for Christmas. So, if you're going someplace for Christmas... Specifically with the idea of actually celebrating the day. Whatever events happen around it. Just so happen to coincide with the fact that it's on Christmas Day. Now, if this happened on, let's say, Easter. I would consider Die Hard or Die Harder Easter movies. Because Easter would have been the theme. If it was 4th of July. I mean, heck. It would be a 4th of July movie. If it happened on random Tuesday in April, well, it's just a regular movie. But these two movies, specifically Die Hard and Die Harder, happen to revolve around Christmas. I'm sorry. I'm all in. Prove me wrong. You tell me how it's not a Christmas movie when Christmas is a theme. Now, my favorite Christmas movie of all time, anybody would that knows me will understand this because it just so happens to be one of my favorite characters of all time and it goes without saying that this is a Christmas movie as well the movie is Batman Returns yes Batman Returns Michael Keaton is Batman and he's back for his last Batman movie and he has to deal with the Penguin just so happens that Bruce Wayne is doing all those things that he's doing around Christmas. Heck, one of the main themes of the movie is that the Penguin tries to attack the people of Gotham City at the Christmas tree lighting. Christmas tree lighting the Penguin's attacking. So it's clearly Christmas is revolving around in Batman Returns. Absolute, no doubt, unquestioned Christmas movie. Yes, Batman is gallivanting through Gotham City, fighting the evil Penguin, figuring out that Catwoman is eh, some sort of tweener. 
but without a doubt, all this takes place around the Christmas season. There's no way about it. It happens around Christmas. It really does. It really does. Now, other movies from time to time lean in and show a little bit of Christmas here and a little bit of Christmas there, but they're not Christmas movies because it just so happens throughout the general theme of the movie, Christmas just so happens to come around and then move away. But now with Batman Returns, with Die Hard and Die Harder, and with Gremlins, the focus of the entirety of the movie is around Christmas. So you can't deny that those movies can clearly be watched during Christmas and be functional as Christmas movies. They are what they are. I'm sorry if you don't think so, but hey, that's what I see here. And as they say, the good referees call it like they see it, and well, I call it like I see it. Gremlins, the original. Die Hard. Die Harder. Batman Returns. Christmas movies. <laughs> On that note, I'm going to ring the jingle bell, and this main event is going to be over. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for the Spear of the Week. Yes, even on this Christmas day and this Christmas season, I do believe that there are some individuals who deserve a spear. Now, I'm not the one who would deliver these spears, but I do believe that there are some reformed individuals who should be allowed to spear the other individuals. Going back to the Christmas movie theme, I believe that the well-reformed Grinch should be able to spear that evil gremlin strife. Because, without a doubt, he deserves it. All he did was cause chaos throughout the whole little movie of Gremlins. And I think the Grinch would be more than a match for him. And I believe that he should give the spear straight through Strife. Next, I also believe that there's another spear that should be given out. And that spear definitely goes to Hans Gruber. Sure, John McClane gave him a good beating and all, but I think that the well-reformed Christmas guy, Ebenezer Scrooge, should look right at Hans Gruber and say, I can't believe you did this on Christmas Day or on Christmas. The idea, you shouldn't be doing this. And I think that Ebenezer Scrooge should be able to line up Hans Gruber and break him in half with a spear. And I truly believe that that would be the, the end of Hans Gruber. Forget falling off a Nakatomi building. I do think that those two are without doubt deserving of the spear and with all certainty that sounds like a pretty good way to end the Christmas spears of the week. Okay ladies and gentlemen it's been an amazing Christmas morning for me. I have my mother and my aunt over. Just Enjoying the festivities for a little while. You know, everybody's got to do a little bit of that every once in a while, huh? Um, hopefully you enjoyed this particular episode on all things Christmas. I think that I dipped into a few subjects. Most controversial in movies, I imagine. <laughs> but if you really think about it, you'll realize that I have a point there. I can only ask you to... Consider that. 
once again, I also say it wouldn't hurt to Google some of that stuff about the ancient church. It's really kind of fascinating. History is amazing. And it's something that's fun to look at. It's really interesting. It really, really is. Now, if you want to get a hold of me, you know how to do so. I am on Instagram, Philip Henderson, 5102. That would be me. On Twitter, Pissed Phil, two L's. I'm always there. I'm always checking things. I'm always adding stuff here and there. And you could also take a look at my uh, very modest uh, YouTube page. You know, it's all about me. You got the lip going on, a few little things here and there that I've noticed. And without a doubt, I saw the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I posted a few second video on my YouTube channel. You might find just as creepy as I did. I thought I was about to like literally almost like in the Green Lantern movie when that yellow fear just comes out of me and I was going to just shrivel up and die when I saw this monstrous thing. And I hope that you don't have the same reaction, but I wouldn't imagine anything other than that. It was just creepy beyond belief. But folks, it's time for me to leave you with the words of wisdom for the day. These words ring so true because I can't possibly have said it better myself. It just, I mean, realistically, here they come. I was such a good person all year long that last night I had a dream that I was visited by three ghosts. Just couldn't be any better than that. Those guys were so, so accommodating, you know, and it turns out that things turned out all right. I think so anyway. Well, my name is Phil and you just listened to The Lip.